This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Colorado Rockies podcast for and by Rockies fans on Rocky Mountain Rooftop. Thank you for joining us as we discuss all things baseball and Colorado Rockies. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Affected by Altitude, a Colorado Rockies podcast, part of the Rocky Mountain Rooftop Network. A proud member of the Fans First Sports Network. A lot of networks in there. Uh, I am your host, Skylar Timmons. And once again, joined here, who's back with us this week, it's one Evan Lang. It's like um, doing the introduction is like when you're watching a movie and it just keeps doing or, or playing a game and it just keeps putting up the splash screens for the developers or production houses. Mm-hmm. You're just fast forwarding through it, but it's like, no. A Universal Studios picture. A legendary, legendary studios picture. Uh, bad robot production. And then like the lion pops up or it's that one where like some, the, some little statue archer shooting an arrow, the storm clouds, the THX logo. We should get that for this show. Just blow I, people's ears out with the THX. I cannot logo. imagine a world in which we would be able to afford the licensing for that. Uh, let's just get the sound effect. I cannot imagine a world in which we would be able to afford the licensing for that. No, you just put it up in one episode and then they copyright strike it. It's not like we're making any money from this. Hey, we make uh, 40 bucks every couple months. <laughs> every seven months. Take you, take you and a friend to Taco Bell. Yeah, there you go. Get a, get a cheesy gordita crunch and a Crunchwrap Supreme and... One of their many varieties of the same ingredients in a different form factor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is not me dumping on Taco Bell. I like Taco Bell, but pretty much all of their food is the same thing presented in a different style. Much like the Colorado Rockies. How about that for a segue, Evan? Even though we're not talking about the Rockies right now. <laughs> but we will. So, But we will. So put that in the pocket for later. Uh, <laughs> so 30 minutes later. Anyway, uh, Taco Bell. The yeah. <laughs> we are the king of segues here, affected by altitude. Uh, first and foremost, I guess we should talk about this. The most relevant thing that has happened in baseball recently. One, the Texas Rangers have won. The World Series. Evan is wearing the Texas Rangers City Connect hat, which good hat looks like just the Roman numeral. He has the number nine on his on his head right now. With the uh, Roman I really numerals. like the I really like the Rangers City Connects. Honestly, I think they are fantastic. Not too shabby. Did they wear them in the World Series? Also, they did not. Why not? I was I was really bummed out team by do that. the lack of. Uh, alternates and throwbacks and city connect in the playoffs this year. I guess we, like, it's understandable. Like teams 
with the like we saw with the 2007 Rockies, they wore the black vests pretty much the entire time, like mojo superstition type of thing. But it would have been it would have been nice to see, you know, the Arizona Diamondbacks wear their 90s throwbacks or, you know, the Rangers have great throwbacks. They have their powder blues. They have the city connects. There's a lot of great uniforms there. And what made me sad was seeing, you know, the Arizona Diamondbacks regularly wearing one of their worst jersey tops, which is the solid black with the A just on the chest. And, you know, it's a really dull choice to me. Yeah. And again, it's probably like back to Nike stuff of Nike. Like, oh, we don't want to make extra jerseys for playoff stuff. Uh, Nike hasn't done a lot of good with being the with being baseball's uniform provider. Pretty bland these days. Oh, better than the NBA with uh, those city. Basically, the city connects another year of the city connects. Um, or the city edition jerseys. They've been doing new ones every single year and they just, they get worse every year, basically. Um, not a lot of good ones in the pack this year. The uh, the Nuggets one especially really doesn't do it the for me. Good old five two eighties. Nothing says it, it, Colorado better than just slapping the mile yeah. high number on slapping it. the number on there. And then having the uh, player number right above it makes the front seem really busy and cluttered with numbers. Um, having a, completely black jersey base isn't really a thing for the nuggets it doesn't really make a lot of sense and then the uh the mountain outline would be cool if you could see it but you can't because it's so dark which begs the question who's designing these things is it a, some guy at nike or is it consulting the teams like hey what do you what are you thinking for this jersey they say that like a lot of them are like collaborations with local artists or about local culture, but like the, ooh, the Clippers ooh. one, the Clippers <laughs> one, for example, the, the LA Clippers, their one is really, really dull. And they're like, we collaborated with an amazing legendary local artist. And I'm like, this is a legendary local artist. And this is the best he could come up with. <laughs> yeah. Who, who do they collaborate with in color in Denver to make that Jersey? Wasn't me, because I, I know exactly what I'd do, and it's not that. It's like, just slap a number on it. We'll call it good. What's what's Denver known for? Oh, a mile high. Oh, just put that on there. Ugh. Like, I wouldn't mind using the 5280 as a motif, but it's just, it feels really lazy to slap the 5280 just dead center mm-hmm. on the uniform and call it a day. It's whoever designed those Great Britain jerseys from the WBC probably did it. Those, uh, those masterpieces. Those ones were more like, uh, oh, the deadline's tomorrow and I haven't started the project. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, but yeah, the, went off in a little tangent there. But back <laughs> to the Rangers. Uh, yeah, they won the World Series. First time, was it 51 years it took them? First time in franchise history. When you're, They've been to the World Series before. So it's not like they haven't like ever had a chance or been close. That's like, how it is for some teams are like they've been competitive. They've been in that race. They've been in the playoffs, but they were one of six teams that have never won a title. I believe it was the longest without a title currently, like the act, the active organization with the longest professional sports title, uh, not having a title. I think that reverts now to the Minnesota twins or not Minnesota twins, the uh, Vikings. Yeah, for for never having won, um, yeah. it is the it is the Twins. I believe Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland Guardians, are still 
the holders of the longest title drought in professional sports history right now. Yeah. And then the Angels have the longest current uh, playoff drought in baseball. And then I think just not having a title goes to the Minnesota Vikings in the NFL. So it's all that weird stuff. But they finally did it, dating back to when they were the Washington Senators back in the 60s, moved to Texas in the 70s. And then they've been competitive over the years, had a lot of great players, came within a pitch of winning their first title back in 2010, 2011. Yeah, One of those uh, years. Two, two, 2011, the we will see you tomorrow night with David Fries and, and 2010 when Bruce Bochy um, and his San Francisco Giants beat them in the World Series. Mm-hmm. So it's been a long time coming for them. And it's been nice to see you know, as fans, it's as other fans, like fans of the Rockies, especially seeing TikToks and like the videos, it's always nice to see those videos of like fans that have been there their whole lives or yeah, maybe probably not at the very beginning, but for the majority of their lives into their adulthood, they're older now, you know, getting up there in years and then to see their team win the world series. And you're seeing reaction videos on Twitter, on TikTok, and they're just breaking down in tears of how much that moment means to them. You, know, you saw it with Cubs fans several years ago. It's, it's always nice to see those videos because it, it, brings home like what it's all about and what this sport and what these teams mean to people. And it's been, it's been amazing to watch the, the people of, of, of Texas, um, not all of Texas because, you know, Houston, <laughs> uh, but of, of Dallas um, and Dallas Fort Worth area, the, the Dallas Fort Worth area, which is, you know, that's Cowboys town. That's a, that's a football city. Um, and you know, they, they, they love their other teams too, the Mavericks, the stars, but we really saw them this year embrace the Rangers. You know, that, that stadium was packed. They had a really active fan base this year that just got even more active during the playoffs. And that was really nice to see as well. And what brought about that increased support, a good team on the field led by Bruce Bochy, who did <laughs> came out of retirement and immediately goes wins a World Series. He joins an exclusive group of like four World Series titles. And it, it Chris Young, first year as the permanent GM. He had the president of baseball operations that got fired last season. Near the end of last season, they basically just said, Chris Young, you're in charge now. He goes out and does amazing things, wins a World Series in his first, you know, when he's in total control doesn't have a boss baseball operations president above him. It's him. He's the top dog and goes out and gets one, gets a ring. Pretty yeah, cool. They, they did an, an amazing job building this team. Um, it's, it's a good combination of, they shelled out a lot of money, especially when it came to pitching. Um, but also for key position players like Marcus Semyon and Corey Seager, they have developed a lot of really good players. Uh, Nathaniel Lowe, Jonah Heim, Evan Carter, Josh Jung. And then you have guys like your um, ALCS MVP, Adelis Garcia, who, you know, he was a, he was a cast off. He had been DFA'd from the Cardinals. The Rangers even waived him and he cleared waivers and they brought him back. And he just 
blossomed into this superstar and kind of super villain for other teams uh, mm-hmm. during this playoffs where, you know, th- during that series with the Houston Astros, they made him into the villain and he embraced that role. And it was, yeah. it was sad to see him get hurt during the World Series, but he still played his role in getting the Rangers that ring. Yeah, and the Rangers had built themselves already so well that you couldn't even tell that his absence was was gone. You couldn't tell that he was absent because they still just rattled off the hits and scored the runs against the Diamondbacks team who had a good year, like a really good year, and you know, they, they competed. It just didn't work out. It just kind of didn't keep up there at the end, but still a, a phenomenal year for them. But mostly for the Rangers, it's kind of special here for Rockies fans. It, I'd say bittersweet uh, just for we're incredibly happy for one John Gray, who is now a World Series champion, got himself a ring in his second year with Texas. Can't help but be happy for the Gray Wolf, who also had a pretty good little World Series in two little appearances. Um, We'll talk about that. But just happy for John Gray. Uh, I think that's kind of the, the best way to sum it up. Yeah, coming out of the bullpen, especially where he at the at the end of the season in September, he was hurt and he was struggling. He started the playoffs on the injured list and was activated for the ALCS for the ALCS. And his first outing in the ALCS was not great, but the it was overall a a tough pitching outing for the Rangers pitching staff as a whole in that game. And he had not pitched in a while so you know shaking off the rust but then you get to the world series his two appearances multi-inning appearances multi-strikeout appearances just dominant with the use of his fastball and his slider he was excellent and he was hugely important for the rangers in in keeping things alive i joke that um you know john gray should have been the world series mvp instead of Corey seager but he was he was really good and he played a key role in uh in the rangers overall victory in the series yeah it was game three i believe where max scherzer starts the game and lasts only a couple of innings goes out with a back spasm i guess after he got hit by a comeback or something but then they call in john gray who was scheduled to basically be the opener starter for game four but they decided to turn to him out of the bullpen and old johnny gray proceeds to throw three shutout innings. I think he gave up just one hit. Didn't walk anybody in the World Series. And he had three strikeouts in that three-inning appearance. Recorded the victory. Uh, He's one of four former Rockies to record a win in the World Series after leaving the team. Uh, It's (laughs) He came out, did his job, and it was just nice to see him. You see him in the interviews and things where that change that John Gray went in in 2021, his final year with the Rockies, which was really good. If you recall, he had a pretty solid year. And I think one of the things that he attributed that to was that he just started to let things, he was having fun and just embracing the game, bracing what was coming, rolling with the punches and just being more relaxed. And you see him there with the Rangers and just how relaxed he is. And they're asking him questions like, yeah, this is fun. I love coming out of the bullpen. That was fun. Uh, he was embracing that role that they were giving him. You could tell that, uh, I don't know, Evan, if you'd noticed the, I guess that stigma when he was with the Rockies, you know, he's their number one pick, you know, third overall, supposed to be the savior of 
the pitching staff in Colorado, you know, this pressure and expectations for what he's supposed to be. And he just never achieved that. Uh, no fault of his own. Just he was never able to achieve those heights the Rockies had for him when he got drafted. And But now he's relaxed. He's, what, 32 or no, early 30s there with the Rangers. Just embracing whatever's coming towards his way, whatever he they turns, ask him to do. Uh, he turns 32 tomorrow at time of recording. Ooh. So uh, what a birthday present, John. Uh, a ring, a parade pitched in the World Series, pitched extremely well in the World Series, uh, 4.2 innings, seven strikeouts, two hits, no walks, no earned runs. Mm-hmm. It's just nice to see he he's evolved into not necessarily like the, the top-tier pitcher that maybe he was projected to be, but still a good, solid pitcher. Uh, can be great. But more often than not, it's just going to be really solid and good. Uh, and it can't ask much more than that. Definitely. It's I'm, 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 I'm really happy for John and I am still he is always going to be for me and for a lot of Rockies fans, the, the one who got away mm-hmm. where, you know, the Rockies really bungled his free agency situation in you know lowballing him trying to get him to take way more of a uh, hometown discount than he needed to trying to capitalize on the fact that you know they wanted to keep him in john gray had specifically said that he wanted to stay a rocky but you know john and his agent got a, a very good contract out of the texas rangers and he's been living up to that contract yeah um, he had a really good season overall and then to to play such a pivotal role in the team's first ever World Series victory. That's um that's something I'm incredibly proud of of John Gray for. And you know, I'm I still miss him. And I'm I'm it is a bittersweet feeling to see it happen, to see him win the ring with another team. But he is definitely so deserving of that. Yeah. Yeah. Can't can't be mad at those former guys getting it done in a new place. Uh because no in a way the the organization times fails a lot of these guys. Yeah, and, it depends on which guy. Yeah. What guy? I think it is. A couple guys I'd be mad at. <laughs> but for some of those you know, guys like John Gray, like, yeah, you're, you're just going to be happy for him. Oh, absolutely. John Gray, if DJ LeMayhew made it to the World Series, you'd be happy for him. For him, but not the Yankees. Um, yeah. But DJ <laughs> LeMayhew specifically. Um, I feel like Trevor Story as well. You'd be. Happy for him, um, but not for the Red Sox. For his success, but not for the Red Sox. <laughs> Why do they have to go to those teams? Because they have the money, basically. Uh, well, if Trevor Story had been a Seattle Mariner, we'd all been pretty happy with that. Oh, I would have been delighted. I would have <laughs> bought a I would have bought a Trevor Story Mariners jersey because the the Mariners are my number two overall team. Um which people will say, well, then Evan, why, why root for the Rangers? Cause like, well, I like the Rangers and they have a lot of guys I really like, including John Gray. And they also have a guy named Evan and I am contractually obligated. Uh, it says so on my birth certificate that I have to root for other players named Evan. Um, and man, Evan Carter, what a, what a revelation he was. He had a, he was on base in literally every game of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And this is a kid who was in double A a couple months before. 
And then you have, uh, you know, Adolis, Josh Jung, who would have been in strong contention for rookie of the rookie of the year, Corey Seager winning World Series MVP and being a strong candidate for overall American League MVP. This was a, this was a good team. And it yeah. was a really fun team to watch. And you know what? So was the Arizona Diamondbacks. I feel like we can round out this segment by giving a big congratulations to the, the Diamondbacks, you know, rivals as they may be in the uh, National League West for a really strong and really fun season under uh, manager Tori Lavello, who is, I think, one of the one of the smartest managers out there in the in the game today a really fun exciting young team and yeah you you lost but you'll be back you'll be back in the playoffs you were here ahead of schedule mm-hmm. and it was a, it, even even though it was a gentleman's sweep the it was still a fun series to watch like yeah. i had a great time watching the world series this year but evan the ratings were some of the lowest in history Imagine it being 2023 and still caring about Nielsen ratings. Well, when you're when a sport is run by people that were born during those <laughs> during the 60s, that's what's going to happen. But yeah, the lower viewership numbers didn't count, didn't matter. Yeah, because who cares if it wasn't uh, who cares if it wasn't the Braves and and Astros? Did anybody really care to watch that World Series? I wasn't going to watch it or care about it. Yeah, if it was like the the Braves or the Dodgers or the Astros again, I would not have been nearly as invested as I was this year with two teams, um, both who haven't been to the World Series in a long time, one who hasn't won in over 20 years and the other who had never won at all. Both considered, you know, more scrappy underdog teams, neither of which won their division, both of whom had 100 lost seasons two years ago. Like, that's a compelling matchup. Yeah. And I don't care what anybody else says. It's because they're not on the coasts. But, yeah, it's looking at the the Diamondbacks. Oh, maybe they they kind of had that remnants of like a 2007 Rockies World Series team. Just unexpected underdog who, you know, just steamrolled, got hot at the right moment, and played really well throughout, and you know, just couldn't quite keep up there at the end. Just the offense kind of fell flat a little bit, and the pitching wasn't as deep as you know, as they had hoped in the starters. I think they tried to do a bullpen game that might have been a mistake, and but they. Nice. They they took it as a learning experience, growth. They can get back. They have a nice foundation. They probably overplayed, you know, where they're currently at. They're ahead of schedule, like we've said. No, they maybe overperformed a little bit to get there, but they're still deserving, and you know they're setting themselves up for the years to come, which is good to see. And they, the nice props to the Diamondbacks. They've embraced that. They've taken it in full stride with losing in the World Series, taking ownership of that, embracing that, and moving on from it, yep. which is and really good. Very, very classy responses from Tori Lavello and, and from their general manager and from the organization after their loss. You know, Very, very graceful losers in that regard. Uh, really nice to see as well. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. One day, we hope to be having these kinds of conversations about the Rockies, but we'll see. 
Who knows, Evan? Who knows? But it would be really nice because I want to have a video of no. <laughs> I imagine it's like a video of my dad just watching the Rockies win the World Series. Oh, and just that the emotion of that. Heck, like my or my my brother on every Rocky ever. A does. video of a video of me. Like I guarantee you, I will sob my eyes out if the if the Rockies ever win a World Series. We'll do an entire podcast episode where it's just us crying. That's, that's quality content, and also very optimistic that we're still going to be on the air in like thirty three years. Yes. <laughs> no, we're doing this podcast forever. Uh, Evan wasn't available for the, Evan wasn't available for this week's episode because he broke his hip. <laughs> oh goodness. But yeah, fun stuff and uh congratulations to the Texas Rangers and especially a special congratulations to our buddy John Gray. We miss him in the rotation, but we're happy he's having success. Oh. And we continue to wish him sad awoos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break here. And when we come back, uh, we'll continue on, talk about some Silver Slugger stuff and some other announcements the Rockies have made recently. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back here to Affected by Altitude. Skylar Timmons here, along with Evan Lang, talking more stuff here about Rockies baseball. And we've talked about the Rangers. Now let's get into the nitty-gritty of our team itself. Because what are we, if not a Rockies podcast? So first, we had the Silver Slugger nominees were announced, the finalists. And Evan, a big old goose egg for the Rockies in that department. Which is kind of weird because you think, when you think Rockies baseball, what do you think of offense and or really good hitters? And throughout their uh, 31 years, they've had 32 winners. There's only been like there's a handful of seasons where they didn't have a winner, but probably nominees. And I find it strange they didn't have their first winner until like 1995, I think, which is weird, but. Big old goose egg here in 2023. This is now four straight years without winning the award. Longest drought in team history. They've had nominees the past couple of years. This is Brendan Rodgers, Charlie Blackman in 2022. Herman Marquez in 2021. And then you had Trevor Story and all those guys in years past. But it, concerning Evan, do you care much that there's no Silver Slugger Award nominee finalist? It's... The silver slugger is tough because it's it's similar to gold glove and that it's you know it's one of those popularity contests yeah in in at the end of the day but it is tough to see especially you know we've we've continued to see the power drain and the the offensive issues with this team however i think there are you know some guys who probably should have been nominated or could have been nominated. Uh, I think we definitely could have seen 
you know, Nolan Jones, for example. So Seiya Suzuki was a nominee for Silver Slugger, and he hit uh, 20 home runs with an uh, 0.842 OPS. Mm -hmm. Nolan Jones also hit 20 home runs. Like, he could have been on that list. Or uh, Ryan McMahon at third base instead of um, some of the other candidates on there. Um, For example, Nolan Arenado hit uh, 26 home runs. Ryan McMahon had, what, 24? Mm -hmm. So I think there was there's room for Rockies nominees this year in in some of the positional categories and they just didn't get it because you know it's it's a popularity contest and the Rockies in their 103 lost season the offense didn't really stand out yeah I think that's the biggest thing is honestly when you look around the grand scope of, of baseball this season there really wasn't anybody that was deserving personally of a silver slugger you know Nolan Jones had a great year but he didn't play as much as a lot of those other finalists. So, no, I, I think by, just by default, he kind of gets disqualified for that. And then it's just, no, that's the other thing is, there's just no notable big hitters for the Rockies right now. Like a lot of those other teams. where Chris Bryant hasn't done anything. Ryan McMahon still strikes out way too much and just kind of doesn't do a whole lot. Yeah, he can run into home runs. But a lot of those come in just big chunks, and it's not throughout the season. So it's one of the things where they just don't have any notable the offense. I think it talks more to the offense as a whole has just been struggling so bad over the past several years, where it's just continually going downhill, and teams just not doing enough notable things to improve that offense. Yeah, and you know you even think about like. As Rockies fans, we can come up with some notable moments on offense. But when you ask like the national audience to name like a particularly noteworthy Rockies moment on offense this year, they're probably not going to be able to come up with something. Or like and, who was the best Rockies hitter this season? Maybe yeah. like, uh, I don't know, Charlie Blackman. I'm yeah, I'm hard pressed to fully decide on that at times. The, because it's it, it's so much different than than the gold glove finalists where you really did have these guys standing out Yeah, on offense. The Rockies really didn't stand out after a, one of their worst offensive seasons in team history. So I can't really blame anybody for there not being any Rockies nominees. Well, like I said, while there's definitely room on the list, like you could, yeah, you could slot in a couple Rockies guys in there who have, you know, similar stats or had similar seasons to other nominees. Yeah. I don't think they'd win anyway. So yeah, and it's just kind of the thing we always point to: pitching's the problem. They need to figure out pitching. They need to pitch, like yes, but they also need hitting. Like the offense has been a, tr- honestly, it hasn't been that great. Even dating back to 2017, like they've had some good offenses, but still, like have struggled a lot in a lot of areas. They haven't been the best, but you've seen the struggles just slowly get worse and worse that started there in 2017 and have continued to go downhill where it's they, if they want to compete, they got to figure out how to make their offense potent again. Yeah. Because look at the Rangers. How did the Rangers win the world series? They were bludgeoning their opponents like explosive offense. Oh, and they had good pitching 
to go along with it. Good starting pitching. Well, it's like the, the best starting pitching in the world doesn't matter if you can't score runs. Like Look at Jacob DeGrom. Exactly. I was going to say it used to be basically a verb of getting DeGromed. Or even just looking at this year of Kyle Freeland and Chase Anderson could have some really good outings and get no run support. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it doesn't matter if they fix their their uh, fix the uh, the starting pitching and boost that up. Yeah, it's something they need to do, but they have to get that offense back rolling to get them back to being a threat, not only at like in general, but specifically at Coors Field. They're doing their best to debunk those Coors Field <laughs> myths because Coors Field isn't making a lot of these guys better. It's not an automatic home run every time you put the ball in the air. Uh, it's, it's something they need to figure out. And you yep. can check out an article over at Purple Row. Joel Milne wrote about this thing, but it's an important thing. Especially when opponents visiting batters are out hitting the Rockies when it comes to home runs at Coors Field over the last mm-hmm. few seasons. Yeah. Got to so, figure that out. Got to get gotta silver back out, in that lineup. Yeah. Got to figure out pitching. Got to figure out offense. Really, the only thing that the Rockies are doing well right now is defense. Mm-hmm. And how. Or <clears throat> pandering to the masses to try and bring in the monies. How about that for a segue? Because uh, Evan, while there may be no silver in that lineup currently, uh, there's plenty of opportunities to bring in some green into Coors Field uh, next season. Kind of a twofold thing. Uh, as of recording, we still have not seen any sort of letter to the fans from Dick Monfort. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week. There's kind of this, I don't know where that came from. It seemed like this little media email that was sent to the Purple Row email account. Some this is basically just like a little media PowerPoint notes thing with two blurbs, two sentences from Dick Monfort. That's really what it seemed like. And we know it's not the official season ticket holder letter um, because, you know, some season ticket holders that we are familiar with in the uh, online spaces saying that they have not received one yet. But what they did receive is a survey and asking for money. <laughs> yeah. So it's they they had this. I guess uh, season ticket holders get sends out an email and it was a kind of a benefits wish list type of thing, giving them options to pick of what they'd like to do. Oh, a pretty standard thing. I would say from what it sounds like the season ticket holders at nuggets games, do a lot of that stuff, participate in a lot of the games and, and promotional things. And so there's kind of these perks, these benefits and I'm having trouble finding the thing on, Twitter. I have but, pulled up. Yeah. You can run down some of that list. Yeah. So it was sort of like a wish list of of options of things that you could do as a season ticket holder for events and experiences. Uh, and I'll run down the list here. Uh throw out the ceremonial first pitch at a game, deliver the lineup card to the umpires before the game, watch uh batting practice before a game from the warning track behind home plate. Uh, be the season ticket holder of the game recognized on the scoreboard during the seventh inning uh, and throw out Cracker Jacks from the scoreboard control room, take a pregame photo on the field, attend an autograph session with current and or former players, 
play catch on the field before or after a game and attend a Q&A with a current player, coach, or Rockies alumni. Not too shabby. Yeah, it's, it's a fairly standard list of of, of perks, all things considered. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's no point getting mad about it because that's a pretty standard thing. I think teams do. And like, yeah, it, it'd be, you, you kind of cater towards those season ticket holders. Good to give them those options. There's some cool things on there. Like, I'd love to just play catch on the field. That'd be sweet. That would be very cool. Or, it, Evan, if what would a what would be a perk that you would add? One of the options. What would be something that you would add? Uh, operate the visiting scoreboard, mm. or the um, the out of town scoreboard in right field. Oh, so you're sitting out there in the thing the whole game, helping swap out, or for like an, for for like an, an inning. inning. And like they showcase you on the jumbotron, and you get to like poke your head out from one of the number slots <laughs> and wave. I don't know. That I think that would be cool. That's something yeah, I've that, always that wanted to do. That'd be a cool one. Like hanging out there for an inning. Yeah, that'd, that'd be a good one. I think that one would be pretty popular, unless you just get a just a, a dud where nothing's happening, so you're just kind of sitting in there. Or like um, get entered into a raffle where you get to sit in the Rockies dugout for an inning during the game mm. or something like that. Or like in the little camera well next to it. Yes. Like where Spilly um, is. Cause, yeah, because, you know, MLB protocol, they probably wouldn't let you into the actual dugout. But like, yeah, get to, get to sit with Spilly or Sully in the camera well or something like that yeah. for an inning or two. Sitting right there next to the guys. That'd be it. That, w- that would be cool. Yeah. Um <laughs> if baseball had like the designated emergency backup goalie thing <laughs> emergency backup catcher yeah or like the emergency backup position player pitching <laughs> you have to we will sign you to a one day contract yeah. oh, that'd be and sweet. you will be part of the players association and <laughs> that would never happen but it would be very funny I immediately request uh, I request for a uh, no trade clause. No, I'd immediately demand a trade. <laughs> immediately demand a trade. <laughs> uh, that'd be pretty good. That'd be a cool one. Now I'm trying to think of what else. Be dinger for a day. Eh, nobody would want to do that. Be a dinger handler for the day. Ooh, that would be good. Be a dinger handler for a day. Um, one that I would like just because I'm a collector of these kinds of things is like you get to pick out a, P- a game used item, mm. like a broken bat or you know uh, something like that. Be the uh... no. What am I thinking of? I got nothing. I was gonna say streaker for a game. But like no, nobody would want to do that. <laughs> get tackled by security. On get field. tackled by security. Uh, what about a taste testing session for all the new foods that they're doing for the season? Uh, could be some. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting things they could do. Be help with grounds crew for an inning. Oh, that would be cool. I don't know. You'd have to get something simple, like go help swap the bases or something. Yeah. Oh, options. 
plenty of options. Be a guest on the pregame show. Be a guest on the postgame show. There you go. I guess that it joins in like the Q and A sessions with players too. Slap Dick Monfort. <laughs> Sit you down get, with Dick Monfort get, for an hour. You get one open handed <laughs> across the face. Make it count. <laughs> uh, no, nah, that won't fly. Or would it? Yeah, lo- options. There's a lot of options. Uh, it's just annoying that this is the kind of the focus of the team already at this point where they're immediately just oh, doing the marketing. Like, yeah, you have to do it. It's part of it. It's just, I don't know, priorities are just tone deaf for the Rockies where they're just not acknowledging this season, taking responsibility for it or no really sitting down, no press conference. Like we talked about the Arizona Diamondbacks. They had a really raw one, no emotional one, taking responsibility with their manager and GM, very candid about things. And we see a lot of teams do that. And it's just the Rockies haven't done that. And, Take of it what you will. We know what they'll say. Yeah. But I mean, they, they said exactly what we thought they'd say in that weird release thing of, oh, we know that we didn't play to our potential and it wasn't what anyone wanted or anything like that. But I wrote, this is now the second year I've had to write something about this. Um, you know, on October 26th over Purple Row, I wrote, an article which I titled The Letter and the Banner. Again, it's follow-up to an article I wrote in 2022 called The Letter and the Banner, in which while Rockies fans are reeling after an awful season and not really hearing anything from the front office except for Dick Monfort's season ticket holder letter last year, the Avs were raising their championship banner. And then this year, Mm -hmm. the Nuggets are raising their championship banner. But instead of a season ticket holder letter, we heard nothing. We, we had nothing until the 27th when they sent out that weird press release thing uh-huh. that wasn't really much of anything. And like not even acknowledging the season until October 27th, almost a full month after the season ended. And even then, you could even say they still haven't acknowledged it. Exactly. So that's a frustrating thing. And instead... For I don't know where, for no reason, they announced, oh, Green Day is going to have a concert in September of next year, uh, along with like the Smashing Pumpkins, Rancid, a couple of these these bands coming to have a celebratory tour concert at, at Coors Field. Just seems out of nowhere. You're like, why? Especially because like, at the end of September... A lot of uh, a lot of Rockies fans or or baseball fans, especially if the team plays as poorly as it did this year, are going to be going. Oh, wake me up when September ends. Ba-dun-tsh. Thank you. <laughs> now it's my turn to make a joke. Uh, <laughs> but they, they released like a, a picture, there's a poster of it. Green Day, the Saviors tour. Celebrating 30 years of Dookie, 30, 20 years of American Idiot. Uh, think, like, it's cool they're having a concert and everything, but it's just one of those, like, who cares? 
Yeah, it's cool that they're having a concert, and it's cool that they're doing it at Coors Field. What's not cool is that we haven't heard anything from the team about baseball, about the team, in over a month. It's always promotions or like, hey, give (laughs) us money for this thing. Or it is come into our stadium to watch this concert and participate. And, you know, and we talked about it and we behind baseball alerts. It just feels like you can tell what the ownership values most. It's not taking responsibility for wins, losses for the team, really. It's just about the money to have a green day, so to speak. Eh? But uh, I will say my uh, my wonderful joke of what better place to celebrate 30 years of Dookie than at Cruise Field. And with no silver sluggers, they're certainly not smashing any pumpkins. Nope. It's pretty rancid there. But what do we know? We're just a couple of American idiots. Mm hmm. And we may or may not be fueled by monster energy drink. And also the Linda Lindas will be there. Hey, the Linda Lindas. I've definitely heard of them. Me too. It's (laughs) my favorite tribute to a character from Bob's Burgers. Oh, no. All right. All right. Bobby. I don't know. She's an annoying character. No, I love Linda. No, she's super annoying. She's not my favorite character, but I like Linda. She's like a worse Peggy Hill. No, there's no one worse than Peggy Hill. I'm Peggy Hill. But I'm yeah, so yeah. I'm okay, Dad. That's my purse. I don't know you. <laughs> uh but yeah. So it's, this is what you forced us to devolve to, Rockies. Yeah. Look at what you've done. Mm-hmm. I'm not okay, Dad. I'm not okay, Dad. That boy ain't right. Uh, butt joint. <laughs> a buttress. <laughs> but yeah, it's frustrating. They really money always seems to be the underlying factor with a lot of the decisions the Rockies make of yeah. how much. How do we get money without spending or producing on the field? How do we still bring people in? Oh, let's have a concert in September. When we know the season's going to be over, let's have Top Golf come to Coors Field in early October because we know we're not going to be in the playoffs. Stuff like that, but annoying. But it is what it is. But we'll go ahead and take one last break here, and then when we come back. Uh, we'll figure out what we want to talk about. We got a couple options. Uh, we'll pick one or two of them. General odds and ends. Yes. So uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. And we're back here on Affected by Altitude. I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm Rusty Shackelford here with Boomhauer. I can't. I can't do the. Uh, I can't do the. Curveball. Boom. Anyways, you guys behave yourself for just one moment. (laughs) I'm trying to read an an article on vintage Camaros. (laughs) Oh, goodness. But uh, 
general odds and ends here, Evan. Uh, we have two options that we can talk about. Which one would you want to talk about? We've got off-season wish list actions, or we can just kind of clean up around some minor league stuff. And let's start with the minor league stuff because that's more fun. All righty. AFL, the Arizona Fall League, is still in full swing, and they announced their all-stars here for this coming weekend. This weekend that we're recording? Also known as the Fall Stars. That's pretty good, actually. Uh, But the Rockies had their representative, Sterling Thompson, who's having a pretty good season down there in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, He's one for infielders. Benny Montgomery, who's also having a very good uh, Fall League performance. He's doing pretty good down there. And then Juan Mejia is a pitching all-star for the Rockies there as a representative. So they got three representatives of all the guys they sent down there. I think those three have seen the most action. Um, I... I would have liked to see Case Williams on here because I think Case has um, had a very underrated turn at the Arizona Fall League. He's getting strikeouts. He's he's not allowing a ton of runs. He looks really solid. Um, but the the three names here are definitely the guys that you want to point out. Uh, Sterling Thompson has a .950 OPS and 20 runs batted in. Uh, Benny Montgomery has an on-base percentage of .447. And... Um, Juan Mejia, who who wasn't isn't really a big name guy in the Rockies uh, farm system, sixteen strikeouts, uh, ERA of two point one six, and three saves so far in the Arizona Fall League. So definitely fun to see these guys get named to that Fall Stars team. Uh, mm-hmm. Arizona Fall League's been a lot of fun to watch this year. If um, if you haven't caught some of it, I strongly recommend taking a look. If you have MLB TV, it is available as part of that. Um, but a lot of fun. Well, they just stream it online for for free, I think. They do in general. But like if you have a if you have like a set top box that you use for streaming apps and stuff, you can you can do it through MLB TV. Mm-hmm. Nice. And it's nice for Juan Mejia because he's gonna be rule five draft eligible this uh off season. So it's good for him to get this good performance in and, and maybe the Rockies then decide like, okay, yeah, we wanna we wanna keep this kid. We're, we're gonna, gonna protect this kid. We're gonna protect him. Unlike they didn't do that for Grant Levine last year, but he, I mean, you only have so many spots. Rights. Yeah. So you, you take the risk or gamble or you look at it like, well, maybe we can trade this kid, trade these guys somehow, that type of thing. But yeah, good on him. Jaden Hill's gotten a lot of action and he's typically like closing out games, throwing late in games, doing all right out there as well. Drew Romo gets plenty of action. Like he's, uh, Doing what he needs to, I would say. He's working on things and just trying to get comfortable. Same as these other guys, but Sterling Thompson and, and Benny Montgomery, the the two to really keep an eye on. Need him to produce, and Montgomery's working on some things. He's really cutting down on swing and miss. He's drawn a lot of walks there in the uh, Arizona Fall League, so he's making the adjustments he needs at this age to continue to, to develop and get better, which... You just love to see. It's always good to see guys capable of making adjustments and seeing results from it. Yeah. And for Benny Montgomery, especially, you know, we've talked about before that he's still a guy we're pretty high on. And um, Baseball America came out with their list of guys who cut their chase rates the most this uh, this last season. And uh, Benny Montgomery it, did one of the best jobs in, in minors at cutting his chase rate. 
Um, he looked really he looked really solid over the season, and he's looking really good at the Arizona Fall League. Um, it's it's nice to see for him, especially with all the injuries he's battled early in his professional career after being a top draft pick. It's nice to see. Yeah, and him kind of refining his just funky mechanics, his Hunter Pence-esque mechanics. <laughs> like, really, that's if he can hit like Hunter Pence, you got yourself a good little player on your hands. Maybe he'll be more likable than Hunter Pence, though. I like Hunter Pence. Remember when they had Hunter Pence signs at games? But it was never like mean spirited, <laughs> though. It was always like Hunter Pence still uses a fax machine or Hunter Pence puts ketchup on toast. He likes Godfather Part Three <laughs> because he was just kind of a weird guy. Yeah, that crazy eye. He didn't have like the Forrest Whitaker eye, though. Hopefully people get that reference. I liked I liked Hunter Pence. I thought he was fun and, and a good dude. Except he played on the Giants and I don't like Yeah, that. but you know, nobody's perfect. Poe Buddy's nerfic. Uh but yeah, so that's Arizona Fall League. Uh this next one we can touch on. Uh Evan just barely wrote about this over at Purple Row for his last Thursday rock pile. Of Evan, where can people keep up with some of these Rockies players playing around the world, mostly here in the Americas? Yeah, the Rockies have a bunch of people playing um, playing winter ball this uh, this year, and the major the major set we've got is over in uh, in Lydom, the Dominican Republic Winter League. Uh, Adile Amador, uh, Elaris Montero, Warming Bernabel, Julio Carreras, and Willie McIver are all playing in the Dominican Republic. One of those names uh, is not like the others. <laughs> What Willie Mac? <laughs> I, I like Willie McIver, and this is a this is a good opportunity for him. He missed so much of the season with an injury uh, before being assigned to Triple A Albuquerque this year, and so you know he's getting in, he's getting his reps, he's doing what he needs to do. Um, I think it's a good move by him, um, but yeah, he, you're right in that. You know, three of those five names are in our uh, perps list or our Rockies top prospects. And there's Alaris Montero and uh, Willie McIver. Uh, down in Mexico, uh, Alan Trejo, Jimmy Heron, Sean Bouchard, and Michael Tolia are all playing winter ball. Um, Michael Tolia is playing for uh, Los Sultanes de Monterrey, and his manager down there is Vinny Castilla. So that's fun. Uh, he, I think, in honor of that, he grew facial hair like Vinny. Michael told you grew some facial hair. I haven't, uh, I haven't seen it. How does it look? Uh, eh, about what you'd expect from a 24 year old. <laughs> so not great is what I'm hearing. <laughs> kind of like what you have almost Evan right now. He's gotten going for the, he's going for like the little, he's got the mustache and it's kind of going around for the full on goatee. First of all, He's trying to be Todd Helton almost. My mustache is nice and full. Thank you very much. It's the the one bit of facial hair I have that I'm rather proud of. The rest, you know, uh, eh, eh. <laughs> I've seen I've seen worse mustaches though. Um, and then the last real guy that we have, he's not playing yet, but he is expected to play, and that is of course Rocky's top prospect Zach Veen. Speaking of had, bad mustaches, oh, his was. <laughs> yeah um 
Veen had the uh, season-ending wrist surgery back mid-season um, here in 2023. He's not going to be cleared for baseball activity until December, but the expectation is when he is cleared, he is going to um, join up in Puerto Rican winter ball with um, um, Rockies assistant hitting coach Andy Gonzalez, who works for uh, Leonis de Ponce uh, down in Puerto Rico. So I'm um, interested to see if that happens. We don't know if it's going to happen for sure. He has a roster spot there, um, but we just need to see what happens as he continues to recover from that injury. And then I did find out um, in my article, I noted that uh, Yorvi's Tori Alba, son of uh, son of Yorvi Tori Alba, was playing in Venezuela. Uh, and unfortunately, I was made aware that Yorvi's is no longer with the uh, Rockies organization. So best of luck to him down there as well. Hmm. Interesting. When did that happen? I don't know. I'm trying to find out. Minor league transaction. What does it say on his very own page? Yorvis. But it's the thing I'm seeing here with a lot of the winter ball is there's not really like big standout performances from a lot of these guys. It's kind of. Oh, yeah. Uh, outside of respect with some of them, like at least like the guys of, that are major league players. Yeah. Right now. Outside of Julio Carreras, everyone else is just kind of, you know, there and doing their thing. Julio Carreras is having a really strong start to the winter season so far. Uh, and Michael Tolley is doing not bad. But really, the whole point of winter ball is just keep getting your reps in, keep getting your swings in, keep adjusting and keep learning. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, you know, Brenton Doyle was originally planning to play winter ball this year um, and ended up getting enough playing time that he didn't really need to as he was making a lot of his adjustments on the fly during the regular season. Yeah. And but it's if nothing else, maybe some of these guys can get a further look. He can reassess them and then all guys can become trade candidates. Um, maybe somebody wants to take a chance on an Alan Trejo somewhere you can make a nice little trade there or Michael Tolia or Montero type of thing, or some of these other prospects. Yeah. When you're in need of pitching, um, give a little bit look and see, okay, maybe we can, we can throw this guy into a, a trade package to bring in, you know, this pitcher, major league ready pitcher with some years of control or something. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I'm not sure about Yorvis not being with the organization. So if you go to his MILB page, it says he's active and he's currently assigned to the ACL Rockies. So unsure of that, honestly. But either yeah, way, his, his last transaction thing was October uh, 21st when he was assigned to the Venezuelan uh, team. To the Navegantes de Majalenes. Yeah. In-depth investigation live here on the podcast. I have tabs open in Firefox. But he doesn't post many regular. Well, he posted something on October 4th. October 9th. And one day ago. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Who knows? Either way, best luck to everybody down playing Winter Ball. Winter Ball is fun. Um, If you have MLB TV, you can watch uh, Light on Games as yeah. part of that subscription. So you can check out some of your Rockies playing in the Dominican Republic as well. Fun, fun stuff. Well, Evan, I think we'll go ahead and we, we can call it there and save some of our content for another time. Maybe next time uh, where we talk, get into more of the off season stuff. 
and just some roadmap of things to come. Rockies have those three free agents within this five-day span after the World Series. So World Series, when did that end? Wednesday? Thursday. Wednesday. Friday? Wednesday. (laughs) Saturday? Uh, Whenever that ended. And then five days between that, or five days after that, within those five days, uh, you can try and re-sign free agents. We're seeing a lot of moves starting to be made, little minor moves, you know, some trades, some extensions, some signings. So a lot of that busy work. Um, personally, I don't expect to see the Rockies be very active at the moment. No, I, but, I would be shocked. But it's going to be coming up with more figuring out, you know, tendering contracts and setting 40-man rosters, getting more of that stuff figured yeah. out. So, declining, declining club options, declining player options, um, opt outs, things like that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, for example, some of the bigger news today is that um, Joey Votto of the Cincinnati Reds, the team declined his $20 million club option uh, and he will become a free agent. Um, Marcus Stroman of the Chicago Cubs opted out of his contract. Uh, Cody Bellinger, I believe, is also going to become a free yeah. agent from the Cubs. Um, there's going to be a lot of stuff trickling down over the next days and weeks, um, especially as we gear up for the winter meetings that will be coming up in, in a few weeks here. Yeah. So, like, and awards are coming up. I think this coming Sunday, we're going to have the Gold Glove Awards announced. So this past Sunday, the day you're hearing this, the day before, obviously, we're not going to be talking about it. Maybe we'll throw in an extra podcast to react to it. But November 5th, Gold Gloves, number six, they're starting the awards there next week. A lot of things we'll hear about finalists for the other awards on November 6th. So we'll see Manager of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, and MVP finalists for all of those. Do we see a Rocky maybe for Rookie of the Year in there somewhere? I don't know about finalists, but I would be surprised if we didn't see one in. I, it, I'm expecting Nolan Jones in the top five. <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, if Brenton Doyle doesn't win the gold glove, we riot, uh, especially after he was robbed of the fielding Bible for the center field for center fielders award, uh, where some lunatics gave him like fifth and fourth place votes when yeah. he was statistically the best center fielder in all of baseball. Yeah. the Weird stuff. Uh, November 6th is also contract options, decisions to be made. I don't think the Rockies really have any of those to deal with. November yeah. 6th is also the deadline for teams to tender their eligible free agents, the qualifying offer. Not going to be doing that for anybody. Uh, I don't, none of them. Maybe Brent Suter would have been eligible but nobody's going to be, you're not going to be paying him 20 million to play one yeah, year. But you're not going to give, <laughs> give any of those guys a, a $20 million club option. There's a lot of, a lot more news, a lot more things to talk about actual Rockies wise next year, uh, next month, ne- next week. My goodness. Okay. Yeah. November 6th is also when free agency begins GM meetings, seventh through the ninth. I'm just going through some trades. So we might see some trades there maybe, or Bill Schmidt gets to kind of, gauge the field see what's going on there and then more awards that's going to be kind of announced november 14th deadline for free agents to accept or reject qualifying offers and november 14th important one deadline for teams to add eligible minor leaguers to the 40-man roster 
So November 14th is the rule five draft five rule five protections. So that's November 14th. Then more owners, the owners meetings in November 14th through 16th, where they'll figure out what to do with the athletics. Yeah. Well, we are, we are expecting the fate of the athletics to be sealed. Anyways. And then November 17th is the non-tender deadline. Deadline for teams to offer their pre-arbitration and arbitration eligible players a contract for 2024. They don't have to be signed. They just have to be offered. So we'll see. That's last year. That's when we saw what happened with some of those guys like Garrett Hampson. So that's something to keep an eye on. And then November 20th, the Hall of Fame ballot will be released. Todd Hilton better make it in. Along with uh, probably Adrian Beltre. Beltre is the lock. Helton should be in. I'd vote for Joe Maurer. I would too. Chase Utley will also be on that ballot. No. No, he was Chase Utley. No. Star of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. No. (laughs) And then (laughs) December 1st, more notes, competitive balance draft picks are assigned. December 3rd is the Hall of Fame voting for the Contemporary Baseball Era Non-Players Committee, where former Rockies manager Jim Leland is on there. Which is a weird way to describe him. <laughs> I know. like he, he was manager for, what, a season? Yeah. And not a good one at that. And then December 3rd through 6th is the winter meetings in Nashville. So Interesting play. Maybe, well, maybe. we know Nashville is vying to get an expansion for you yeah. guys. So... That makes Probably. sense. Yeah. And then December 5th, this will be a big one, Evan. There's the draft lottery. Rockies are in the running with the top odds for the number one pick. Pretty interesting. Though, the the athletics should not be eligible for that. Just with the crap they pulled. I know. The fact, the fact they shouldn't that they be allowed to get that. Very clear. But they're going to be. All we can do is hope that they're just not going to get the first overall pick. But and I still don't. I don't trust their process for selecting that draft lottery. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of draft. Like, why do they have a machine algorithm jumble around and then shoot a ball up? Like, that's pretty easy to rig. Just, just do bingo style and pull a ball out. Put a bunch of ping pong balls and a little bingo dealie. Reach your grubby little mitts in there and pull out a ball and be like, here you go. Like that's all it would take. So there's that going on. December 6th is the Rule 5 draft. And then that kind of is the most significant stuff here through the end of 2023. So through December. And then there's arbitration deadline in January. So what you're saying is that for the next couple months, we should have plenty of things to talk about here on Affected by Altitude. That's the hope. Unless keep tuning in every week. Unless the Rockies follow Thomas Harding's prediction where they will aim to sign pitchers near spring training or into spring training. Which is, that very much fits the Rockies' MO of going dumpster diving for pitchers after after the fact. After everyone else is already signed, going for like, oh, there's still some good stuff in here. They passed up the early birds. It's a $5 DVD copy of Hudson Hawk. Yeah. (laughs) They're uh, going to the Golden Corral at like 10 p.m. Whereas all the good stuff was gone at the early bird special. Getting those day old donuts from King Supers for $2. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, but, the Rockies. So hopefully we'll we'll just keep trying to figure out more stuff. We'll come up with other random content. We may get wacky on here. Who knows? You're just gonna watch us slowly lose our sanity. Oh, we can fill time. We can fill time. I was already joking. Like the moment the the World Series was over, I turned to my my roommate and was like, "Is it baseball season yet?" I'll just live stream me. I'll just talk about my uh, all the goings on in franchise mode in MLB the Show. I mean that. It could be fun is like start up a franchise mode and get like listener input on moves to make and things like that. I will turn uh, budgets off. I will do fantasy draft. I don't know. That sounds fun. Though I did do a legit and I do have a Rockies one on there of where I tried to fix it. I didn't do fantasy. I took the what I got. I did sign Juan Soto to a 10 year deal. We won the World Series and then I traded him. Nice. That would never <laughs> happen in real life. Take your pick on which part of that wouldn't happen in real life. Yeah, yeah. It worked out. But because I had to make room for Zach Veen and Jordan Beck and Yunkio Fernandez. Mike Concho. Mm-hmm. But I did sign Ezekiel Tovar to a like 10-year extension. Good. I mean, that's honestly the Rockies need to do that this offseason is just get Tovar locked down. Yeah, but they like to drag it out through uh, arbitration. Which is silly. When you have to pay more. But anyways, that's going to do it here for this edition of Affected by Altitude. We'll be sticking with you through the offseason, trying our best to stay weekly. Uh, but if we miss a week, uh, it's not the end of the world. But stick with us over there on the social medias at Rocky MTN Rooftop over there on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at sideline underscore crowd as well as at every Rocky ever. We'll still be pumping out episodes probably every other week. So this week of this episode, you'll probably hopefully get another one. But uh, how about you, Evan? Where can the folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Evan underscore Lang27, and you can find me on Blue Sky at Evan Lang27.bsky.social. Uh, I'd love to hear from you on both locations, especially as Twitter just becomes more and more ridiculous and unusable. Uh, you can hit me up on Purple Row as I do my Thursday rock piles. And um, like Skyler said, you can follow us the Rocky Mountain Rooftop Twitter and YouTube, R-O-C-K-Y-M-T-N Rooftop and your random Rockies player of the day from my stack of Rockies cards is outfielder Mike Kingery. Nice. Nice on. Uh, you can also find uh, written content over at Fans First Sports Network. Covering a lot of outside Rockies news and stuff. Uh, but yeah. I'm providing some of the MLB content over there, so it's just not full of football. A lot of Steelers content. Well, that's because most of the original founding yeah. people were FFSN or Steelers <laughs> people. Yes, and they are populating that website. So, doing yeah, my part like, to cover some of that baseball. Just like, and I'm here too. Mm-hmm. But good stuff. Well, that's going to do it here on Affected by Altitude, and we will see you next time. Evan hit him with it. 
Farewell. We'll do our award show eventually. New, I want to play a new Mario baseball game. Yes, that would be fun. <laughs> we may have to figure out playing against Paul. Farewell. Farewell.